When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast on the business of entertainment. I'm Jim Aswad, Deputy Music Editor. Now, the entertainment world is filled with people who can do a lot of stuff. But even by that standard, Evan Bogart is a rarity. He's a songwriter of hits for people like Beyonce, Rihanna, Lizzo, Madonna, Demi Lovato, and lots of others. He's the owner of a large publishing company called Seeker Music that just bought the catalog of 80s superstar Christopher Cross, as well as several other songwriters. He's chair of the Recording Academy's new Songwriters and Composers Wing. And not least, he's the son of the late, legendary Neil Bogart, the founder of the 1970s powerhouse Casablanca Records, which brought the world Kiss, Donna Summer, Parliament Funkadelic, The Village People, and lots of others. Neil is the subject of Spinning Gold, a biopic directed and written by Evan's older brother, Tim, and for which Evan is executive music producer. It comes out on March 31st. Evan talks about all of the above and lots more after the break. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. 
Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. We are here with a stunning view of the 405 freeway in Los Angeles with Evan Bogart. And I'm going to have to take a couple of breaths when I'm describing all of the things that he does because he is a songwriter uh, of a song you may have heard. Halo by someone named Beyonce, as well as songs uh, by Lizzo, Madonna, Jason Derulo, Demi Lovato, many others. A publisher, uh, CEO of a company called Seeker Music. Uh, He is chair of the Grammy's new uh, Songwriters and Composers Wing, which is to obviously represent songwriters and and composers uh, in the Recording Academy. Not least, he is son of... The legendary Neil Bogart, founder of Casablanca Records, which brought the world Kiss, Donna Summer, The Village People, Parliament Funkadelic, and many, many others. He is also a husband, a father, a bon vivant, a triathlonist. All right, I made that part up. <laughs> Welcome, Evan Bogart. I wish I was a triathlonist. <laughs> I don't even know hey, honestly, it depends word. what the triathlon is of. Uh, careers. Like, yeah, careers. I'm <laughs> definitely a triathlete. I'm like a Tough mutter finalist if it comes to careers, I guess. Even still. Uh, so I will just lead by asking you, how, how do you do all those things? How do you, I mean, do you have a, a very structured date book? Do you have a multi-compartmentalized mind? I mean, how? Um, I definitely have a multi-compartmentalized, that's hard to say. I definitely have a, mar- a multi-compartmentalized mind, but I guess lots of routine. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to say it. Like I have a routine mm-hmm. and I think when I stick to my routine, I'm able to get it all done and maintain my sanity. Mm-hmm. I always, I'm kind of a believer in the, in the phrase that like through structure comes freedom. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And for me, when when I'm not structured, I feel like I'm bouncing all over the place. I'm pulled in so many different directions and nothing's getting done. Mm-hmm. I structure my day into hour blocks. Mm-hmm. And within those hour blocks, I'm able to slot different things in, depending on what the priorities of that week are. And that includes like wellness. Uh-huh. That includes exercising, includes spending time with my family, includes taking some time off. Like I structure, I, 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 I schedule all of that. When did you start writing songs? In 2005, I got sober. I felt really creative and I decided I was going to put together a girl group. And I, I was uh, auditioning girls. I picked three. Mm-hmm. I put them together. Um, I was getting tracks from my, my two best friends at the time, uh, an unknown up-and-coming producer at the time named J.R. Rodham, mm-hmm. and an unknown up-and-coming producer, lead singer of an unknown band named Ryan Tedder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. and, uh, These when, people are now major producers. Well, I would say a year and a half later, if yeah. I tried to make that album, it would have cost me $2 million. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was getting tracks from them, and... Mm-hmm. and uh, and about 40 songs in, Zach sat me down, Zach Katz, and said, you know, these songs are good. Mm-hmm. The girls are good, but they're not hits. Mm-hmm. You can't shop this group unless you have hits. And I'm like, well, what do I do? And he's like, why don't you try writing the songs? And I was like, me? Pop mm-hmm. songs? And he's like, yeah. Like, you're so creative. Like, give it a shot. Like, you have all of JR's beats. Just sit down and try writing to them. So I wrote this one song. Um, that was called Jungleistic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Terrible title. Whatever. But uh, they were like, whoa, that's really good. Like, write another one. So I wrote this second song called Rescue Me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they were like, that sounds like a smash. Like, let's go shop the group. But yeah, I mean, we shopped the group. No one wanted to sign them. Everybody wanted to buy the songs, though. They were mm-hmm. like, yeah, we already have girl groups or we have an artist. These songs will work great for this artist. And uh, eventually Jay Brown, when he was running Island Def Jam with Mm Jay-Z, said, you know, sell me these songs. And uh, and they they basically called me when they were like, good news, bad news. I'm like, what? And they're like, you got to let the girl group go. I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, man, everybody's passed. Like, it's not going to happen. And I'm like, this is like my big, like, comeback and sobriety. And I'm like, feel so creative. Like, how could you tell me that? And they're like, well, they're buying Rescue Me. Island Def Jam's buying it. Christina Milian's going to cut it. And I was like, oh, well, all right. I mean, mm-hmm. that sounds pretty cool. And so, unfortunately, I let the girl group go. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sold the song. And then a month later, I found out that Christina Milian didn't want to cut it because she thought it was too pop. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, that just ruined everything. So now I let the girl group go. Island Def Jam owns my song. They're not using it. And then Jay Brown was like, no, no, we have this new girl that we signed. Just let us cut her on it. Her name's Rihanna. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it went on her first album. They, well, her second album. Her first second. album was the one that had Ponda Replay on it. Right, right, right. Okay. And he basically was like, she had like a mid-charting, like mid-kind of club hit, Ponda Replay. Like, we really think she's going to be a star, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And she was 17 at the time. And she cut it. And uh, and then he was like, he's like, check it out. Here's, here's SOS. And I'm like, no, no, rescue me. He's like, no, 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 SOS. And I was like, he's like, yeah, that's the title, which is interesting, right? So he changed uh-huh. the title to SOS and then in parentheses, rescue me. Uh-huh. So stupid. Should have just been SOS. But it whatever. It worked. It totally worked. Right. Mm-hmm. So then six months later, the song comes out and it blows up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I remember going February, 
that year in 2006, I remember going to, uh, they used to throw at House of Blues, rest in peace, House of Blues. They used to throw <laughs> these uh, Grammy, Am- American Express Platinum Grammy Week parties, right. events. And every week they would have, a, every night they'd have a different uh, artist playing. One night they had Fall Out Boy playing. So mm-hmm. this was when Jay-Z was running it. And so I went there and Jay Brown brought me over to Jay-Z, who Jay-Z whispered in my ear, SOS, effing smash, dude, mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, Jay-Z just told me my song's a smash. And then, in May, it was. So the moral here is if you want to be a songwriter, try to do something else. <laughs> kind of. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the excitement of having a number one song, your first cut, and the dread that comes along with, I hope I can do it again because I don't want them to figure out I'm a fraud. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of like... Um, uh, Imposter syndrome. Yeah, imposter syndrome, yeah, yeah. right? Like that comes along with it. Like I didn't toil at songwriting for you. I wasn't like, I didn't arrive on a bus in Nashville with a guitar on my back. And like, I wasn't sitting there like trying to get in rooms and like, and all of a sudden I was just like, I wrote, you know, a number one song for, you know, weeks. I think it was like number one for three weeks. And like everyone was trying to get in with me, but I was, um, I was working at the agency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so JR and Zach would call me every day and be like, you got to leave the agency. And I'm like, I can't, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm sober, I have a job, like I have an expense account and insurance and like my mom will kill me, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And like my mom's calling her friends in the music industry, like Barbara Kane, all these people are calling Mm -hmm. me. They're like, don't leave. Like, Uh you know, you never know if you're going to have another hit. And like, so what was the next hit? Well, so they, eventually they were like, what's it going to take you to leave the agency? And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, put me in the studio with Britney Spears. And the next week, me and JR spent a week in Vegas working with Britney on Blackout. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, what was that like? I mean, that was wild uh-huh. because K-Fed was there. This is that era, right? <laughs> so K-Fed's in one studio, Britney's in another, JR's, you know, playing beats for K-Fed and, work, and cutting Britney in the other room at the same time. It was kind of... It was wild. It was mm-hmm. like an it was an era. I mean, mm-hmm. Britney blackout era was. I mean, it got even wilder. And I was uh, there yes, for a lot. Of, I was there for a lot of it because Jr. and her started dating, and it was like a whole thing. Jr. was like her rebound after K Fed. So like, like that was like a that was definitely an interesting. Time. Well, wasn't a lot of um, blackout produced by Danger. Yeah, it ended up. Uh-huh. Ended up. Yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> Another lesson, which is you should maybe date the artist that you're working with. <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) Okay. We'll be right back with Strictly Business. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to 
bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Welcome back to Strictly Business with Evan Bogart. How did you and Ryan Tedder end up writing Halo for Beyonce? Ryan was on tour with, uh, with One Republic, and I think they were in Michigan. And uh, he ruptured his Achilles Ooh. playing basketball on an off day. Oh, nice. And, uh, and they had to cancel the rest of the tour, and they flew back to L.A. And on his first day back in L.A., I went over to his apartment um, and the minute his wife, Genevieve, left to go to work that day, Ryan got up on his crutches and was like, let's go write a song. And I'm like, ah, oh, you're supposed to like play it easy, man. And he's like, no, no, let's go write. Let's go write. And so we went into his second bedroom where he had a studio and he was like, they're looking, Jay Brown's looking for a, a love song for Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, what should we write about? And at the time we were really, we were really uh, big fans of this, um, song called shelter by ray lamontaine it was mm-hmm. like when ray's yeah. first album was out yeah, yeah and i was obsessed with that album trouble and shelter and all those songs right mm-hmm. and i was like oh what if we had a song like shelter like what would what would uh what would like beyonce and jay-z like they were like the worst kept secret in the world right, right. like everyone knew they were together but 
they weren't out in public about they were together. So we were like, what would people that were that big want from each other? Like to know that they could keep each other safe in a way that no one else could keep them safe, you know? And I was mm -hmm. like, kind of like shelter, like you will shelter me and I will shelter you, you know, mm -hmm. like that kind of thing, like be each other's shelter. Um, and uh, I was going down my list of song titles that I had, I always keep like tons of song titles, tons of voice notes, tons of lyrics. And I had this list of song titles and literally as my finger hit the word halo in my mm -hmm. song titles, Ryan played this patch on his, on his keyboard, which was this angelic patch that's in the song. Uh -huh. And we kind of looked at each other and we were like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And three hours later we had, it was written. Mm -hmm. Ryan sent it to Jay Brown. An hour later, Jay Brown wrote back, that's hot. Hold it for Beyonce. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And then, the, and the, by the way, no bridge. There was no bridge in the song at the time. Uh -huh. So the next day, now that we knew that they wanted it for Beyonce, Ryan and I decided we need to write a bridge. So we came in and we spent three hours writing a bridge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, just a bridge, as long as it took us to write the whole rest of the song, because now sure. we're overthinking it, right? We're like, how do we write a Beyonce yeah, bridge? Yeah, yeah. Like Ryan's vocal acrobats and he's like singing, it's all wordy. And mm -hmm. so when she goes to cut the song, of course, she ditches the bridge and just does the opera part. To me, it's it's an irony and an unbelievable travesty that the songwriter is basically at the bottom of the totem hole in the music industry today in terms of power, in terms of earning. It just it makes absolutely no sense to me. Now, you are not just a self-publisher anymore. You are the CEO of a publishing company. Right. Are these things right. that you look to address with Seeker Music, your company? And I mean, your elevator pitch includes something about it. It's basically it's this company is run by creators. Right. Yeah. I mean... I, I have my kind of own, like I call them seekers family values mm -hmm. and they're basically, um, they're basically a list of things that we, our culture, you know, is driven by mm -hmm. at seeker. Um, some, a lot of that has to do with as a songwriter myself, these are the things that I would never want done to me. Mm -hmm. This is the mm -hmm. way I want to be serviced. This is the way I want to be supported. This is the way that I, this is the kind of team that I want to have. This is the kind of strategy I want to have around what I do. This is the kind of way I want to be um, nurtured and, and, and thought about. And, and so, you know, you have a songwriter kind of creating this culture for songwriters and for songs, because we also acquire songs mm -hmm. um, and celebrating them and supporting them in a way that, that I would want my own catalog and my own, and my own songwriter self supported and celebrated. And so some of that is like, I would never offer a deal. I wouldn't sign myself. Mm -hmm. like simple as that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, who are some of the songwriters you're representing? And can you attach to some of the hits they might be known for, for the people who don't know? Um, well, we just start, I mean, as far as on the acquisition side of things. Yeah. I mean, we, sure. we've, we've, uh, recently bought, um, uh, or invested in to John Bellion's catalog, mm -hmm. um, who's just a genius, and John Ryan equally a genius. Mm -hmm. Who have they Who have they written hits for? Um, I mean, I mean, Eminem, Maroon Five, One Direction. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a, a couple up and coming artists like that. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, um, and and obviously John Bellion's an artist himself, and John Ryan's you know featured on a few things too, like Pitbull Fireball and and whatnot. But uh, 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 more than that, you know, we did deals with Mozella, who wrote Wrecking Ball. We did Sam Waters, who was in Color Me Bad, and then ended up writing a bunch of hits for Natasha Bedingfield and Jordan Sparks and Anastasia. We did um, Christopher Cross. Uh, huh, okay. we, we bought both his publishing and his masters. 
Um, and Timeless. I'm a massive Christopher Cross fan, mm-hmm. which is uh, as a songwriter. I mean, people don't well, realize that shows in your hip hop background. Yeah, clearly. of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but people don't realize. I like, like, first of all, the theme from Arthur is like, I, I mean, I can't listen to it without getting chills and almost like mm-hmm. welling up in my eyes. It's just so such a beautifully written song, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and obviously, I grew up in like a household of my parents were friends with like Carol and Bert, and like, you know, that's just. That's mm-hmm. how I knew who Christopher, Christopher Cross was originally, right? Oh, that would be that. Carol, Carol King and... No, Bert no, no, Bert. Carol Bayer Sager. Oh, I see. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, I guess like Carol could have been Carol King. Good point. Mostly it would be Carol King. Yes, but they were but, married. But, but, but like Chris, like people don't realize about Chris. In 1980, he was the biggest artist in the world. Mm-hmm. And I say that because there are three artists ever in the history of the Grammys who have won in one year, album of the year, record of the year, song of the year, and best new artist, all in the same year. Mm-hmm. And those three artists, the first one was Christopher Cross. That's amazing. And nobody knew what he looked like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The second one was Adele. Uh-huh. And the third one was Billie Eilish. Yep. So, only, so if you think about how big those people were at the time that they achieved that, and you apply that to 1980, you're like, wow, Christopher Cross was huge. All right, that's pretty damn cool. All right, And, and yeah. I didn't know that till later on in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one thing I noticed about you and your older brother, Tim, who um, you guys have all been working on, Spinning Gold, uh, the, a, a biopic about Neil Bogart and Ca- Casablanca Records. Yeah. You guys both have this unusual ability to be strong in both business and creative. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it. You don't usually creatives don't usually make the best business people and vice versa. Mm. I mean, is that just come naturally to you? You can shift lanes like that. It can go from one to the other. Is it just part of that compartmentalized brain? It's pretty weird actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like some, like I could be in a session and I need to take a phone, a business phone call switch the light, take a business phone call, come back into the session, switch the light, go back into being creative. Uh-huh. Wow. And I've seen my brother do it on set mm-hmm. as well. Like mm-hmm. literally be directing a movie and then be on the phone and a marketing call mm-hmm. <laughs> and an architecting strategy for rolling out spinning gold and then come back to directing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's genetic because it's not like him and I went to a school together for that or like ever even talked about it. We mm-hmm. just, do it. Um, it's yeah, it's kind of, I, I, but you know, deeper than that, I've tried to only be creative mm-hmm. and I miss the business side. There's I, I'm like, Oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do this. And I've tried to just stop being creative and just focus on building my businesses. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel like my soul's missing. Mm-hmm. They kind of feed each other. And, and they, they're like symbiotic for mm-hmm. me. Like mm-hmm. I can't do one without the other. I need to be able to activate both sides of my brain at any given time. Now, do you think that comes possibly from your dad, which sort of dovetails into a spinning gold conversation, to, right? right? Because like, he was a musician first. No right? one taught me that. It mm-hmm. has to, mm-hmm. right? And again, my brother and I never have talked about it. It has to. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I don't know how else you explain it. Well, it's got to be genetic in some way, right? It's got to be weirdly genetic. Well, let's talk about let's talk about the film for a minute because I yeah. know your dad passed when you were very young. You yeah. know, Tim was a bit older. Um, so, on the one hand, you're 
experience with your father is so much based on secondhand stories mm. and legend and things like that. Um, but also, it, it, it's really funny. The, um, uh, the film, which was 23, 25 years in the making, um, Tim Bogart decided when they were very far along to stop working with the person who was the lead, who was playing Neil Bogart, and go with someone else. And it was very much a gopher-broke gut decision, very much in the spirit of Neil Bogart, because that's the kind of company that Casablanca Records was. Knife-edge, risk, gopher-broke, and he pulled it off more often than not. And when I was talking about that with Jeremy Jordan, who's the lead, yeah. uh, I was saying to him, you know, isn't that funny? You know, the decision to bring you in was very much a kind of Neil Bogart move. And he said, he said, there's so little video of Neil Bogart speaking that I would really just look at Tim and take from him to channel the character. And I see a lot of similarities between the two of you. What has the experience of making that film been like for you? Ah, <sighs> I mean. It's been, well, first of all, because I grew up, because I was four when my dad passed away, mm -hmm. I've learned so much about my dad through the experience of research and and making this film mm -hmm. over the last couple decades. All the different interviews and stories and and people who have, you know, gone on record about their relationships and sitting down with artists and sitting down with executives from back in the day and hearing hearing what they had to say about my dad, it's like I've kind of formed who he was. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my mom obviously is still around and, and she's spoken to me a lot about him as well. But it's also just really hard to kind of put my finger on like, on like what, I don't know, it's weird. Like I just never had a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. He had a relationship with me, mm -hmm. but I never had a relationship with him. So I think a little bit of this movie is what a movie making experience was feeling closer to him in some mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. um, but it was also a cathartic experience, you know, in the sense that it was, it was um, a little bit of like processing. I've never really processed his, his death. Mm -hmm. I've never really dealt with it in the way that I probably should have. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I never really grew up close to him. He was like you said, a myth, a mm -hmm. legend, uh, a story. Uh, you know? But how would you process that anyway when you're five years old? And no, but I mean, even getting I mean, even, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. I mm -hmm. honestly don't know. I don't know how I'm supposed to process that. Mm -hmm. I will say this. I, I can't make it through the movie. I've seen it at least 50 times, maybe more. Mm -hmm. I can't make it through the movie without, I mean, you've seen it. Yeah. I can't make it through the movie without crying in that last, the last monologue at the end. Mm -hmm. Every time. I've like pinched myself, bit my cheek, looked away, closed my ears. I can't, I can't make it. I mean, I, I'm even get, you know, I get emotional even talking about it. It's like, and, and when my, when I've read the script the first time, I couldn't make it to the script without crying. Mm -hmm. And so there's definitely something that's like, I feel connected to it in that way. You know, um, I obviously had a, an amazing upbringing. It's not like I, I, I didn't, I didn't want for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't something where I was like, I felt like I, I lost out on, on something, but I did. I feel like I, I feel like through the process, I've gotten to know my father in a way that I never would have been if we never made the movie. The ending that Evan is referencing, Neil, the Neil character is looking back, he's talking about his career and 
Kiss, Parliament, Funkadelic, The Village People, Down a Summer, Disco, all these things that he didn't create, but midwifed. And he's sort of saying that. He says, none of you knows my fucking name. Yeah. And, you know, that is, not only is that true, but, like, it's also very touching in that the film ameliorates that. Yeah. 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 I mean, and honest, like, most people... Most people don't know who Neil Bogart is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I always likened it to the same way. Like, I never, I didn't know who Henry Hill was before I saw Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, I always joke, like, the movie should have started. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a record man, you know? Because like, <laughs> <Nice. laughs> to me, it has that Goodfellas vibe, but in the music sense, you know? Not like it's mafia, but just in the sense that it's like... It's a little mafia. <laughs> no, no, there's a little right, bit in there, right, but it's yeah. not like full mafia. Right, I mean, right, by the way, yeah. could have gone that could have totally gone that way right i mean right. that was the era right yeah. but um i think it was i think tim tastefully had that in there in 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 a in a way that wasn't overly overly that way but e- either way i just think that i think that um i think it's a real this isn't you know a lot of people are like it's a casablanca movie mm-hmm. it's not it is but it's it's not really the casablanca movie mm-hmm. and it's not the Kiss movie, and it's not the Donna movie, and it's not the Parliament movie or the Village People movie, or even all the artists that were on Buddha mm. before Casablanca, or you know Bill Withers and Gladys and all the other stuff. It's not. Mm. It's the Neil Bogart movie, and I think it's it it is an amazing homage to the spirit and the passion that he had for music and musicians and for artists mm. and um, for being like the real greatest showman, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and really, um, and really fighting for what he believes in and for dreaming. And, and I think there, I think that, that, that spirit was captured mm-hmm. on film. I really do. I also think that, you know, there are other, there are other um, sentiments that were also captured on film, like, you know, there's that whole scene where they talk about, is it, you know, would be great to like have everything and die young or die old. And I think Mm -hmm. that like, there's a little bit of like, you know, of his own demons that are captured on film too. It's not just a fluff piece. Like it's not just that little. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm just, you know, right. And I'm just saying like, it's it's honest. It's really honest. Yeah. So while it captures the spirit and love and passion and of and 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 belief and dream the dreamer that was Neil Bogart. It also captures the the human that was Neil Bogart. Mm-hmm. No, and it's it's also it's very interesting in that I had met you before I had seen the film, but I hadn't met Tim, and I still haven't met him. We had a long Zoom call. You guys look so much alike. You your your mannerisms are so much alike, and and I really feel like a lot of that spirit, that ability to fill the room, the dreaming, the excitement. I, I, I feel that in you. It's a very strange <laughs> sensation actually to like have met the two of you and seen the film, but it's just like this really <laughs> that, unusual thing. The, the two, the two moments I had with people like that in my life was really, really funny. One mm-hmm. is I worked with Donna Summer on her last album. Oh, oh. I didn't even know that really. Yeah. Wow. And I wrote a song with her called the queen is back, which actually opens her musical. Uh-huh. Um, it was on her last album and then it opens her, her musical that they made um and uh I, she was just like staring at me during the session and i was like what and she was like i feel like your father's here. like she was like tripping out like wow. because she felt like she was in the room with my dad mm-hmm. 
which I thought was so interesting. And one time I went to go to Doc McGee's office to pick up tickets to a Kiss concert. Mm -hmm. And some guy was sitting in the waiting room and he was just staring at me and I was like, yeah. And he was like, I feel like I'm having an acid trip. You look just <laughs> like your dad. Wow. Like this guy like freaked out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. And you know what the weirdest part about that is, is like the fact that I didn't grow up with him. Right. I didn't learn this from his mannerisms. Mm -hmm. Again, not a lot of, not a, him, not though, a lot yeah. of video. Not really. No. You know, after, after my dad passed away, you know, we have different moms, yeah, right? As you've seen in the movie. Yeah. So I'm the, I'm the son of Joyce, the right. only son of Neil and Joyce and mm -hmm. my brother and uh, Tim and my other brother, Brad and my older sister, Jill were from my dad and Beth. Okay. And so um, after my dad passed away, um, growing up, you know, they would live with, they lived with Beth mm -hmm. okay. and, um, you know, they went back and forth. Like I would see them in the summer. I'd see them at different times. Um, and I, I obviously loved hanging out with my older brothers and, and I have amazing memories of that. Um, but I didn't get them. I didn't get them in the sense that like I was in the same household with them in a way that I ever really remembered. Like mm -hmm. I have, there's home video of us in the front yard playing when my dad was alive, right? right. I mean, three years old, four years old, and we're all mm -hmm. together playing, all four of us and this and that. But um, my memories of being of being a kid are largely just me and my mom mm -hmm. and me and my mom, my stepdad, right. and then my stepsister. Like, and I would see Tim and Brad and Jill, and we were close, but they, they were, you know, they lived in Boston. Mm -hmm. um, and then Tim went to NYU. My brother Brad was in, in, in school in New Hampshire and my sister Jill was, she, she, I saw her a lot because she went to USC. So it was like, but it wasn't like this, it wasn't like I grew up in the same household as them. Mm -hmm. And they're also a lot, not a lot older than me, but like, you know, my brother. Significantly. Significantly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my well, brother Tim's like seven years older than me. My brother Brad's like five years older than me. I, uh, I think that's a testament to the force of Neil Bogart's will <laughs> right there. For sure. Yeah. But I, but that's weird, right? Like we have a lot of the same mannerisms and a lot of the same, I mean, it's it really, it's it's hard to argue that's not genetic. Right. No, no, it, it, it completely is. And, you know, I mean, I'm yet another person who's seen it. So yeah. um, you just finished another movie or finished shooting it, right? Or almost finished shooting They're it? They're finishing or? shooting it as we speak. Okay. Yeah. In the, in the north of Italy, which is just lovely in the winter. Oh, my God. And tell us what it is. It is called Verona. It's you take Ver it from there. It's Verona. It is in a, uh, a, it's an original pop musical, a feature mm -hmm. film. It is a um, somewhat retelling of Romeo and Juliet uh, mm -hmm. with its own kind of spin to it. Um, I think my brother said it best. It's like where Shakespeare's story left off. We kind of... Um, we kind of uh, um, pick up. retell it. Yeah, pick up, mm -hmm. but also retell it in a way that we feel like was also more um, uh, historically accurate to some mm -hmm. extent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my brothers studied this for a long time and all the different um, uh, poems and, and, and uh, writings that came before Shakespeare wrote Romeo and Juliet that Romeo and Juliet was based on. Mm -hmm. And and it really trails down to really based on to the his history in the early 1300s in Verona. Evan, such a pleasure as always. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Oh, thank and, you for uh, having me, man. It's always great talking to you. You've been listening to Strictly Business with Evan Bogart. Check in next week.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done.